Hello and welcome to the Access Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Masana. We are filming live once again tonight from Long Island Fieldhouse in Hopog, New York, joined by a very special guest, Eric Paulson Jr. Eric is a senior at Massapequa High School, where he just helped lead the Chiefs to another Long Island championship. Um, and he is committed to Stony Brook, where he will be potentially a two-way player uh, starting in the 2024 season. So, Eric, first of all, thank you for coming on our podcast. Thank you for having me. How's the uh, off-season going so far? <laughs> so far, so good. You know, just lifting a lot, making, you know, getting ready for the season by my pitching, hitting, fielding, you know, anything I can do to get better for the season. Yeah. Was it good to get a little bit of a break to reset your body after, you know, what was a pretty demanding season? You start, you know, you start in the end of March and then, you push yourself during the summer. You played fall ball as well this year, so. Yeah, I mean, it was a great break for my arm, mm-hmm. but I really never stopped doing stuff. You know, I kept lifting throughout the season, and then I really ramped it up when the season finally ended to mm-hmm. make sure, you know, I want to throw harder next year, hit the ball further, mm-hmm. and do all that fun stuff, you know? Yeah, and the last time I saw you pitch was actually in our tournament in September at St. Dom's, and... I mean, for, for our audience that, that doesn't know, you played with uh, the Next Level Titans. You guys ended up winning it, and you were on the mound, and it was like out of a movie. I mean, it was – there's no lights at the field, so we're against the clock. The rain's coming down hard, yeah. and this kid – I mean, you, you, could, you could fill in the rest. I mean, take us to that last that last inning. <laughs> I mean, that last inning was crazy. I, I thought I was going to start the inning originally, but then Coach Manning – sent out the pitcher from the last inning and goes, you know, we're going to try to get as much out of him as we can. So I was like, all right. Like, and I was at first base, so I was ready, though. I warmed up on the other field, made sure I was ready to get in the game. And then he called me in when, pretty sure it was Chad Falcon. He's committed to St. John's. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came up, so it was a lefty. So I got him to ground out to second base for the second out of the inning because the pitcher prior got the first out. Mm-hmm. And then just 10 pitches later, I'm in the <laughs> at-bat against... Uh, one of the kids on the real ballers, and I had no clue what to throw. I threw changeup, curveball, fastball. Everything was getting fouled off. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally everything. Yeah, and it wasn't like, and your pitches weren't missing by much either. So he was taking some close pitches, and then it just went foul ball, foul ball, foul ball. We're running out of baseballs. We're running out of yeah. daylight. The rain's coming down. And then you just ran back on that last pitch and let it go, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I just I just thought about throwing that ball as hard as I could because I knew that if I tried to spot up, he was going to end up fouling it off. Yeah. So just throwing it as hard as I can was was great. Mm-hmm. I, I threw a two seam. It kind of, kind of came back at the end. You know, could could have been both ways to call, but I'm <laughs> yeah. happy it went my way. <laughs> yeah, and I'm happy the game was over because I don't know what we would have done if we ran out of if we ran out of daylight at that point. So that was really cool. Access World Series next level ended up winning. I think you guys gave up like three runs in the yeah. whole tournament or something. It was pretty pretty incredible showing. But you guys had a, had an awesome team. I mean, you had uh, behind the dish Sean Britt at, yep. one, one was a co MVP. Napolitano at second base. It was just uh, Division One players up, up and down that lineup. So speaking of Division One, you're committed to Stony Brook. Can you tell our audience a little bit about your experience with the college recruiting process? Um, you know, generally speaking, how, how long it took you to make your decision, and then also, um, you know, how much goes into that decision? Yeah, you know, my my recruiting process is a little different than a lot of other people. Um, a lot of people originally get texts before September first or their coaches set up calls. I had no contact with any colleges before September 1st of my junior year. Mm-hmm. So September 1st is obviously the first day they're allowed to reach out to you. So I was waiting by my phone that day and like, my dad was like, I don't know if you're gonna get any texts, you know, most of the guys are already talking to colleges, but I was like, ah, maybe like, 
I just hope. And that day I got like four or five texts from different Division One schools. And I was surprised because, you know, all my friends were either committed or talking to schools prior to that date. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering why, like, it took them September 1st to reach out to me. But right away, Coach Shank reached out to me from Stony Brook. And he wanted me on campus as soon as possible to watch a practice, uh, show me around the school and the facilities. So I'm pretty sure a week after that text, I was on campus at Stony Brook. I fell in love with the place. I got an offer a couple of days later, mm-hmm. and I knew I knew it was the right place for me. Mm-hmm. So, and how much of a relief is to that is that to get that you know out of the way? Not not to degrade the the decision, but once you once you kind of get that off your your to do list, then you could just focus on getting back to what you love to do, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's very stressful the year lead the years leading up to that recruiting process because you're really you are playing and you are having fun, but you also realize that there's a very important aspect to it where you have to succeed, mm-hmm. where you have to, like, I think a lot of kids, like, tie their, like, self-worth into, like, where they end up getting an offer from, where there's, like, there's, you exactly. know, there's a fun side of the game, too. Yeah. <laughs> so after committing, you know, you're relieved. You start enjoying the game more mm-hmm. because you're not as stressed out as every at-bat. You're like, oh, this college coach is here. I need to do this. I need to impress them that way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they'll see you even if you're – They'll find you. <laughs> they'll, yeah, they'll, exactly. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because, like, you know, you grow up on Long Island and, and you probably dream of going to <laughs> all these big schools you see on TV – and then in reality, it's something that's right in your backyard that ends up being like best case scenario, and you know it worked out, God willing. So yeah, um, you know, tell tell audience a little bit about what it's been like to play on Body Armor. Obviously, one of the top teams in the region. Um, you know, you, you play with some of the best players that that come through our through Long Island and New York State, and you, you know you de- develop this rapport with these players, but also there is you know there's there's business to be taken care of on the field too so they're striking that fine line right between uh you know you got to take care of business but you also want to want to enjoy it a little bit yeah playing with body armor you know coach clark coach brian anderson uh coach casey mckay ronnie mckay you know they all prepared me for the next level Mm -hmm. and that was it's been eight years since i've been with them and it's eight great years of my life. You know, I'm, I'm meeting guys, hanging out with guys for the rest that I will be hanging out with the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So besides the baseball aspect of it, I, I made friends that I will have for a lifetime with mm-hmm. the Titans. Mm-hmm. And not only that, they obviously got me prepared to play at the next level. Mm-hmm. But we had fun doing it. We went to, uh, we won Cooperstown. You know, that, that was great. It was a great experience. Mm-hmm. What year was that? 2017, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um... We won a couple tournaments in Myrtle Beach, a couple Ripkins, the NYBC played on TV against the Tri-State Arsenal. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of memories with the Titans, and I cherish them every day. What was the NYBC like? Because that's something that not a lot of uh, local players get to win. I mean, only only one only one team can come away. But I haven't talked to too many people that have had uh, experience with that. Yeah, I mean that tournament's really cool because you think about playing a baseball heaven. You know, it's something yeah, it's that's local. in your backyard. Mm-hmm. It's cool. But then now you see CBS Sports filming there, mm-hmm. and you're playing like, on TV. Yeah. So it was it was actually it was surreal. You know, like I didn't feel like it was real, mm-hmm. but. I even go back to the DVR and watch it still. Yeah, uh, we, we lost one of the, the championship game against Tri-State Arsenal, but I still watch AJ Gracia like dice us up and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I mean, it's cool looking back at it. Yeah, 
And now, uh, segueing over to high school ball, Massapequa, Long Island champs last year. Um, I mean, you guys are a dynasty. It's been five straight years now of winning Nassau County championships. You went to the States not to open uh, uh, wounds, but I know that's something that's going to motivate you going forward. So looking back on how the season ended, you know, what, what are some of your biggest takeaways from the 2022 season? I mean, we were really good, but, you know, there's obviously always room to be better. Mm-hmm. So after that loss against McQuaid, all of us really came together and was like, we're, we were talking about how we have to win states next year. And just like the year prior to that, we lost to Comac and the LIC. We made sure we were able to finish what, what we left off mm-hmm, the sort? year prior. Yeah. Um, McQuaid was a good team, but we kind of beat ourselves. We had missed opportunities, uh, a couple bad pitches. Mm-hmm. I think that we go play that game 10 times. We win five times. So mm-hmm. it's just the luck of the draw on that one. Yeah, just a toss-up. Um, so now you're going to be going into the season as you know a veteran on on the, on the team. You came up, um, what was the tenth grader you were on yeah. varsity? Yeah. Who were some of the seniors that helped you feel more comfortable when you were promoted? Because that's something that doesn't really happen too much at Massapequa. You know, when I was when I was younger, my dad had a travel team, the Longhorns. He does he has it now with my uh, younger brother. Mm-hmm. But on my team was Bobby Stang. Uh, so I I was always like family with him. I was close with him. Mm-hmm. And so when I got brought up as a sophomore, he took me under his wing and, you know, taught me everything I know. And uh, John Reese is also mm-hmm. a guy like that, too. Yeah. And how about in the off season? Do, do you guys ever have, like, Mass Speaker alumni come back, you know, work in the work at the, the team workouts in the off season, anything like that? They more come back during the season, mm-hmm. and they come uh, to practices during the season to talk to us, to mm-hmm. work out with us, to tell us what what they've learned in college and how similar it is to Massapequa. You know, Coach yeah. Gidi always says how he builds this as a college program. Mm-hmm. And all the guys that come back do say, like, she, Coach Gidi was right, and, like, this mm-hmm. is built exactly like a college program. Yeah, 100%. And in our season preview last year, I, I forget the exact number, but there was, like, 38 active college players that were Massapequa grads, which is remarkable because it's one thing to say that's how many he's had in his tenure, but, no, we're yeah. talking about active, so four or five years <laughs> – so that's nine, you know, eight or nine guys every year playing college baseball. And, you know, they span the entire East Coast, basically. There's guys all over the place. So um, <clears throat> let's see. So now going into the 2023 season, give our audience a little um, uh, background on the team. What was it going to comprise of? Is there more uh, upperclassmen than, than usual or is it a... a, uh, it's, a it's a healthy guys? mix. It's a healthy mix between upperclassmen and, uh, I mean, seniors and juniors, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Joe Spinarski from last year, he was a guy no one thought was going to be on the team. Mm-hmm. And then shocked everyone, became our starting shortstop. So maybe there'll be another guy like that again this year. Mm-hmm. But we're doing off-season workouts where we're working out at one more rep as a team. Mm-hmm. And we're just trying to get bigger and stronger and get ready for the season. Mm-hmm. Who are some of the impact guys that uh, are going to be household names this year? Yeah, Paul Delanto. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going he's gonna to be the center of the team at – being the catcher, you know, mm-hmm. he's going to make sure everyone's working in the right ways. He had um, some big hits in the uh, county championship. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's going to be following me to Stony Brook, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, Michael Vlardy, another returner that he's been playing since his sophomore year, so he's another veteran that knows and has been through all, been through it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and Joe short. Everybody always wants to know how do you guys do it. What's the <clears throat> the common denominator? Um, if you really just 
you know, look at it from a macro level, how Mazepico is able to just win year in and year out. Hard work. That's plain and simple. That's how it is. You know, we work out as a team. We, like, five or six guys, you know, we go hit after school every day. We go field after school. We go throw. You know, we're, we're all dedicated, mm-hmm. and we want to live up to the Mazepico dynasty. So we, we make sure we put in the work to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And one of the challenges every year is overcoming, you know, you guys – Crosstown rival Farmingdale. Um, last year, you guys had some some epic duels, and I think there was actually a walk. Well, yeah, the, the game that I covered, they had a walk off home yes. run at uh, at Howitt. Um, I mean, what what is it like going into that series? Because you guys have that circled every year on the calendar. You know, you guys want to show out against your against your biggest rival. So, um, you know, last year they had they had a pretty good pitching staff. I know uh, O'Neill's graduated, but um, Looking at it now, I mean, how excited are you to face them this year for your senior year? You know, it's going to be definitely circled in my calendar again. Mm-hmm. But they lost three out of the three guys in the rotation. Mm-hmm. But it's not taking them any lightly. You know, they, they have their uh, second baseman that pitches, you know, Welch pitches, mm-hmm. uh, Carmine Scudera pitches. You know, they have guys that are going to replace the guys they had last year. So mm-hmm. it's going to be another tough battle. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if we just stay dedicated, we'll be able to beat them. Mm-hmm. And being a two-way guy, how how difficult is it to stay fresh at both? Because most of the time at Massapequa, that it's one or the other. Um, so you have double the workload when you really think about it. So this time in the off season, is that when you start to think about you know starting to get yourself fresh uh, and prepared for a potential opening day start? Yeah, definitely. Because you know I just did this whole article in one of my classes, my. Uh, public speaking class we were talking about how to prevent athletic injuries and it was strength and flexibility are the biggest contributors mm-hmm. so that's what I've been focused on this whole offseason because you know being hitting fielding throwing in the infield and then pitching mm-hmm. you know it's a lot of toll on your body mm-hmm. but if you have that flexibility you have that strength it becomes easier and you're less prone to get injured mm-hmm. so that's what I'm really focusing on now and then now I'm going to start ramping up my throwing I'm gonna, I'm, I'm st- I haven't stopped hitting mm-hmm. but and who do you work with uh, at private instructors? So my hitting instructor is Brad Jackson. Mm-hmm. He works at Max Effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a private strength trainer, Cornell, that is out of one more rep. It's the same facility. And I work with Bobby DeMichael uh, when I pitch. Mm-hmm. How important is it to have a hitting or pitching instructor that you have a sense of uh, trust in, that you know that they have the, your, your best interest in mind? Because I'm yeah. sure if you've been going with these guys for a long time, you know that you know they're they're not going to – predispose you for injury either yeah I mean trust is key you gotta make sure like these guys know your body they know how you move you know they they, they know a lot about you mm-hmm. and that's really important when you're picking a personal trainer or, or one of your hitting or pitching trainers mm-hmm. um, you know me and Brad we've been hitting together for about three years me and Bobby have been pitching since I've known Bobby since I was like nine ten years old mm-hmm. since I've been playing with the Titans and I've been with Cornell for about two years now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it you have to have trust. What are your goals for this year? Because you've achieved a lot on a personal standpoint. You've also won, you know, uh, led your team to a, a Long Island championship. So what's left on your to-do list? So I want to hit 90 next year. You know, I got up to 89 at Diamond Nation last year. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to push that, uh, that 90 level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to win the Diamond Award. I'm coming after Joe Yovino. <laughs> I love it. Good friend of mine. Um, and the state championship, of yeah, course. Yeah, <laughs> definitely a state championship. That that mm-hmm. comes first. Yeah. 
I know that if Sheedy's listening to this, he would not let you <laughs> off the hook if he didn't mention that. And uh, so obviously it would be remiss not to mention Aaron Judge right now. As we record, John Heyman uh, accidentally tweeted that he was signing with the Giants uh, and then had to retract his statement. Who knows what is the latest because not looking at my phone. But yeah. um, <laughs> what does it mean? To, what does Aaron Judge mean to you? Because every every Yankee fan that I talk to uh, has nothing but you know the utmost respect for him. Yeah, I mean since his rookie season, and I'm yeah. pretty sure it was 2017. He's yeah. been a guy that like I always looked at. I was like, he's a big physical guy, but he's not just this home run or out power hitter. Yeah, exactly. You know, he he plays the game right. He's a good person off the field. Mm-hmm. It would suck not to have him in New York anymore. Yeah. But, I mean, if we can save $350 million <laughs> and put it elsewhere, yeah. I guess it could be worth it. But I'd rather him stay in New York. Absolutely. And um, what were some of your, your earliest memories of Major League Baseball? Oh, um, So my dad's always had season tickets to the Yankees, even since before I was born. Mm-hmm. So we've been going to games, but every year we go less and less. But it's just because both of our schedules are busy between him coaching, me yeah. playing. There's so much going on. Yeah. But... Uh, he took my grandpa and I to Citizens Bank to watch a Phillies game, and then we drove down to D.C. to watch a game there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went we went all over the place. We got Geno's and Pat's uh, oh, cheesesteaks. <laughs> we got pastrami sandwiches. You know, it's just those kind of memories that, like, stick with you forever. That's the only nice thing I'll say about Philadelphia. They do cheesesteaks, <laughs> right? And uh, I wanted to mention younger brother Cole. You know, he's another stud ball player, 12 years old. He could probably play up a year, honestly, or yeah. a year or two. That team is, is loaded. It's Longhorns team. So can you talk a little about the dynamic that you guys have, uh, you know, brotherly relationship? You know, we fight a lot. But, <laughs> you know, he, he looks up to me. And he, he tells me every once in a while. He's proud of me. And he, like, <laughs> he sees what I'm doing and everything. Yep. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of propel him. You know, when he sees me working out, he wants to work out harder than I do so he can get better. Yeah. So, which is good. You know, you, you need someone to drive you like that. You know, it, it's hard to get it all from yourself. Yeah. And which I really didn't have anyone looking up to strength wise. Yeah. And like in the gym, like, oh, I want to beat you in weight. And he's telling me like, oh, when I'm 18, <laughs> I'm going to lift more than you. I'm going to do this. So I feel like me doing whatever I'm doing now is going to propel him to be more determined in, you know, lifting, hitting, yeah, in all everything. facets. It's all healthy discourse. If he has yeah. that that com- that level of confidence already, and he's smack talking his older brother. What graduating year is he? Wow, I don't even know. Five, is, that a, is that a bad so brother? Um, <laughs> he's pretty five sure he's twenty twenty nine. Oh man, that just sounds fake. Twenty twenty nine. I'm sure Perfect Game has has rankings already for that. Yeah, <laughs> that no, that's ridiculous. I but, know, you know it is what it is. <laughs> well, Eric, thank you very much for your time. Best of luck this season. Congrats on all the success that you've thank had. You. And uh, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Access Baseball Podcast. Thank you to the Long Island Fieldhouse for hosting this episode.